Hey everybody, welcome back to the Be Your Own Bank podcast. It's everybody's favorite time of the week, the weekly roundup. Welcome back to the roundup, everybody. We've got a lot to cover, but first, as always, please remember to like, subscribe, comment, turn on those notifications so you get us right when we drop those videos. And if you don't want to look at our faces, you can also listen to us on Apple and Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Getting into it, this week, we want to talk to you about Andrew Yang, former president runner-up, who is a big tech guy and getting into the Web3 space, which will reiterate what that means and what he's doing with it. Additionally, we want to talk to you about crypto IRAs and how you can utilize one to grow your retirement nest egg. And finally, fun one for me, World Wildlife Foundation has started an NFT collection, or as they call it, NFA, and how that might be benefiting endangered species. Starting off, Andrew Yang, he has joined a Web3 firm called Pool Data with the hope of developing an infrastructure that will help people or allow people to monetize and control their online data. Okay. That sounds cool. Right, because, I mean, really, we don't control our data. We've got our gatekeepers, the four big ones. The four big ones. Which you know so well. Yeah, so it's Alphabet, otherwise known as Google, Amazon, Apple, and the fourth A is Microsoft. That's right. So these four companies make a ton of money. Yes. 2012 statistic, $150 billion a year. A year? A year. I'm sure it's way more now, which equates to about $35 a person per month. So your data, your search history, your shopping cart is worth about $35 a month. Okay. I want that $35. Oh, you want a piece of it, right? They're not going to give you any of that. Oh. No, you got to listen to, you got to listen to the, Bit Bros podcast. Did you forget the name of the podcast? I forgot what it was because okay. I don't subscribe. Yeah. You should subscribe. So uh, should you. Yeah. Okay. Okay. You got to listen to that like 700 times for us to even get like a, a letter of possibly making money. And on top of that, we look at digital ownership and monetizing it. We have to move to something called a data union, which makes sense, right? Big guys aren't going to give it give it up for free. Because they have all the power, why would they give it to us? Yeah, where every time you're online and you see that, do you accept cookies? You know, it's like, well, you don't have a choice, really. You can't no. even get to the website without accepting the cookies. Gotta so you accept the cookies. the cookies. And why do you accept the cookies? Because you have to. But that means that you're basically signing your life away, your data away to this giant, multi-global corporation. Right. So if you want to beat them, you got to join together. Data union allows us to all work together to have more power than the big people so that we can take some of our data back if we want and for the data that we don't mind being shared, get paid for. Right. So for me, you know, you grow up, you learn a little bit more about how your privacy is being exploited. I'm going to jump to apps that allow me to be even more private, but now I'm not getting the benefits of my data fueling ads that help me yeah it's like if you give me more efficiency right you want to save time that's what these cookies do right they save your passwords they save your links you know they suggest other OnlyFans channels that you might consider subscribing to stuff like that right yeah and so that 
doesn't, you don't want that to change, but you definitely want the ease of use and the ownership. And that's what Web3 has. And in fact, Andrew Yang worked with the Data Dividend Project to create the California Consumer Privacy Act, which is huge. So basically now you have, in California, you have the right to opt out, you have the right to notice, otherwise the right to be informed, the right to disclosure, the right to deletion, and the right to equal services and prices. So all of these things you are going to be able to opt in or out of, which is huge and hasn't existed yet. And that's what this idea of the union and creating this group of people to fight for our data rights. Fight for our data rights. Well, and one of the big unions right now, 200,000 users so far, it's called Swash. It's an extension for Chrome, for Firefox, for Brave. And it allows you to have just that control over your privacy, what you want these big companies to know about your history and your interests so that they can advertise to you, but also you get a chunk of that change. Yep. And you can control how much they know. And so that's where we're headed. That's where we need to go. Yeah. And there's little steps like Brave, like the browser Brave, like it'll pay you for your searches. It's great. It's not enough, but... Eventually, that's where we want to go to. That's what Web3 is going to give us, is the ability to monetize our own data and work together as a group to make sure that everybody has a say in their own data. It makes perfect sense, but I get why the big companies are not into it for sure. Yeah, makes sense to me. Well, they may not be into it, but they're going to have to sign on. Moving on, investing, Roth IRAs, 401ks, 403bs, retirement accounts. Oh, I know. However, exciting crypto and Roth IRAs or traditional IRAs are now a new thing that you can invest in. And what does that mean? All right, hold hold (laughs) on once again. Roth versus traditional. You lost me at all of this. All right. Well, you can fund a Roth IRA, individual retirement account is what Ah, IRA stands for. You can fund it at $6,000 a year. Unless you're 50, you can add an extra 1,000 to 7,000, but $6,000 a year, you can contribute to this account and it gives you some tax benefits. That's why there's a limit. And what are those tax benefits? Well, with a Roth IRA, you just pay your regular income tax up front, and then all money invested in that IRA in perpetuity until you retire is tax exempt. Your gains are tax exempt. And when you retire at 59 and a half and start pulling out, that's tax exempt because you already paid taxes up front. So you take that principle and yet it's a crypto. Now you can trade your cryptocurrency in this account tax free. Before you got your Coinbase account or you got your FTX account, all those trades are taxable events. Now in your crypto IRA, you can trade as much as you want and crypto is 24 seven. So unlike the stock market where you only have a few days to do it, the work week, you can trade 24 seven, 365 crypto and not have to worry about your tax obligations. Wow. That's huge. Right. And on top of that, they've added staking. So with Polkadot, for example, in iTrust Capital, one of the crypto IRAs out there, they claim they're the number one. I haven't done enough research, but nine and a half percent 
staking rewards on Polkadot. And we can infer that if it's like dividends, which it's similar to, but not completely the same, if it's like dividends, that's not a taxable event either. So you're getting nine and a half percent. So you have a hundred Polkadot, nine and a half Polkadot every year. You can sell that, buy different crypto, keep it, and it's all tax exempt. But this whole staking thing is a gray area right now, especially in the tax code. Um, we both paid our staking taxes, but it may not be a thing that we have to do or should do. And so I thought this was an interesting point. There was this family, husband and wife, the Jarrett's. They actually sued the IRS because they earned 9,000 Cardano, paid 3,200 in taxes, and realized that staking isn't in the tax code. Mining is, ordinary income tax, but staking isn't the same as mining. If you look at it from a definition perspective, staking is validating, mining is too, but it's a totally different process, so there should be a specific tax code for that, and there isn't. So they took the IRS to court. The IRS said, hey, you know what? We'll just give you your money back. Which never happens. Never happens. And the Jarrett's are like, nah, we want to set a precedent. We want clear tax codes. We don't want to just brush this under the rug. So they gave the money back. They're like, you know, you keep the 3200 Clearly, they didn't need it. And clearly, they had a bigger purpose, which is to set a precedent. So there isn't a tax code for staking. And that's why we don't know if in the future it might be taxed in a crypto IRA. Let's be clear, though. Pay your staking pay taxes. It, pay it. Always always do more. Yeah. I mean, yeah. the the benefit of this uh, iTrust account is that they're the custodian, right? Mm -hmm. They're the ones who are liable in some sense. So you don't have to worry about it, whether it's taxed or not. You just play the game. And if in the event that it is taxed, that it is taxed. But that's... If in the event that it isn't taxed, then it's not your fault because you just put your money into a third party. So there's a huge opportunity to potentially get more staking rewards, buy and sell them, and then pull out at 59 and a half and you get all of your proceeds as opposed to paying a capital gains tax after the fact. Because if you have that money in crypto, you're not going to be able to pull it out in crypto. You're going to have to turn it into cash. And so that cash is tax exempt in a Roth IRA. Amazing. Now, if you're like me, who doesn't day trade, maybe you take more risks and invest in crypto, but I'm not trading on the daily. So I can just hold that crypto in there too. And it appreciates in value, hopefully over the course of my lifetime, my, my work years. And when I pull out, in retirement, that's a substantial amount of money that is tax-free. Wow. So pretty cool. Take a look into that. I'm going to be looking into it more. Finally, World Wildlife Foundation, WWF. Not, oh, yeah. Not to be confused with WWE. They have issued an NFT collection of 10 endangered animals, and their goal is to raise money to help Make them not endangered anymore. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, it's a great idea. So a couple of them are, we've got the Amur tiger. We've got the Vaquita, which is a small whale. And we've got the Persian leopard. There's seven more, but what they did I thought was interesting is they, they know 
I don't know how they know, but they know how many of each of these species are left in existence. For example, the vaquita, according to WWF, has 22 left. What? Just 22. What? I know. Uh, more tigers, 600 left in, in existence uh, before extinction. And so what they did is they created an exact amount of NFTs. They call them NFAs, non-fungible animals, but they created an exact amount of NFTs that represent how many are left in existence. So there's 22 vaquitas, there's 600 or more tigers. And on, you, I mean, there's some of them you can still buy right now, but otherwise you can buy them on OpenSea on the secondary market. Um, a lot of them are going from, I don't know, anywhere from 100 to $500. But every time one of those transactions happen, every time someone buys one of these NFTs, 10% goes to helping with bringing them back into um, a place where they're not close to extinction. So conservation, food, you know, staff, anything that can help these dying animals I know. survive. I, that's pretty great. Well, it's cool too, because it, it brings the feature that we've been looking for, which is utility to the NFT space. You've got all these stupid board apes. I'm more jealous that I don't have one, but there's no real utility to a board ape, hundred and something thousand dollar board ape that, you know, gives you the likeness to Steph Curry or Justin Bieber. But now we can actually support real apes that are probably also really bored because their friends are all dead and they're facing extinction. Oof. I know. But we're actually helping real living things. And I think that's the purpose of NFTs is to add utility and provide a service rather than just a collectible. So each time, so you purchase one of these NFTs, which is you'd put it on a TV, right? Mount it on the wall, maybe yeah. like an actual trophy, like a real trophy that doesn't harm anything. It doesn't have antlers that are yeah. you know real that need to be taxidermied. Yeah. I, that seems like an amazing idea. And then each time that sells, you get a percentage of, of the proceeds. Every single time it sells in the secondary market, 10% is donated and they've already raised over $250,000. Wow. So, it doesn't seem like a lot. I'm guessing it really isn't that much, but it's a start to help conserve these animals that are potentially going to go extinct. Well, and the, the coolest thing is the rarity aspect of it, where if there's less in the world, then those they only make the amount of NFTs that there are left of this animal. Right. So like with the panda, there's thousands of pandas. And so it's like 50 bucks for a panda picture. Whereas with the the whale, there's only 22 left. So there's only 22 of these NFTs and one of them's listed on OpenSea right now for $5,000. And 500 of which will go to help these right. whales. Right, if yeah. it's sold for that level. So it's pretty cool. Um, it just shows where, where we can go and what we can do with NFTs. It's not just a collectible. And it's greed fueling philanthropy. So if you don't really care about animals, but you think that this NFT will increase in value, you might want to invest in it. You know this, brother. Because we're, bro we're brothers. Because we're brothers, right? Yeah. So pretty cool. I'm sure we'll have more of these stories and, and collections to come, but that's the roundup. All right, let's take a look at those charts. All right, let's take a look at Bitcoin sitting at 19,180. 
we are holding that 19,000 support. Not much volatility at the moment, which is a good thing, especially when we're in a bear market. We don't want volatility. That just means people are waiting for an opportunity to make up their mind. And the longer it grinds like this, the better chances we have to go back up. Because when support fails, we move quickly. That is still a possibility, but right now 19,000 is holding. I'm still leaning slightly bearish at the moment. We could see a sell-off before the end of the year. We could also see a rally before the end of the year, followed by a sell-off. So we wait patiently. If we take a look at this chart, we're still fighting resistance. We're below the 50-day moving average, and we have low volume. Maintaining this structure for an extended period of time would be good if we do fail, heading towards 10K. All right, let's take a look at total market cap. Total market cap, not much to see here. Still holding under all of the moving averages, that is bearish. But as we all know, that could change in a day. In the meantime, let's keep dollar cost averaging by starting with Cardano. Cardano is down to 35 cents, peaked at around $3. You can see it's trying to find support. If we end up retracing all the way, that's looking at about 15 cents. So there is room to go down, but I think it is a good opportunity right now to start dollar cost averaging. Next, we have SushiSwap. SushiSwap has returned to the scene of the crime, starting to push up. You can see we've had a couple weeks of bullish movement, reclaimed two of the moving averages, trying to fight the 200-day moving average at about $1.60. I think SushiSwap is a good opportunity. And finally, Dash. Dash is basically bottomed out. $40. Dash hit $1,600 in 2017. It's an OG crypto. Fast transactions. This thing will pump again soon. So take a look at adding some Dash to your portfolio. That's it for the charts, gang. We are the Bit Bros. Remember, we are not licensed financial advisors. All content is intended for educational purposes only. Please do your own research and only risk what you're willing to lose. We'll see you next week. Thanks for tuning in. Please remember to like, subscribe, turn on those notifications, and you can also listen to us on Apple and Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, remember, we got that merch. I get it because we're brothers. You can buy that soon.